Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? Happy Wednesday night. It's night. It's no longer evening. It's night now. Of course, it's time for the DFS Pick 6, the Roto World DFS Pick 6, presented by Roto Grinders. I'm Eric Crane, and it's it's been a crazy start to this show already. We, were, we normally start 25 minutes ago. We were going to start 10 minutes ago. Reeves and I were here, and then Reeves had some headphone problems, and Reeves left. And now, joining me, we got Evan Silva with the fresh dude. Evan, how we doing, man? Yeah, we're thinking about my new fade, man. I, uh, I just got this new haircut. Uh, you know, I, I don't usually have time for haircuts during the season, but... Uh, I'm feeling real fresh right now. Uh, do you agree that I look fresh? Uh, you are a fresh-looking cat, my man. Yeah. I, yeah. And, I, you know, I'll tell you, like, a fresh haircut is always just – dude, you just feel so much better after a fresh – like, I trimmed the beard today, and I feel lighter, which, again, that's grading on a scale, not that big of a deal. But, you know, you feel good. The kid can't grab my hair my beard anymore and just, like, yank hairs out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's it was, a big deal. That's a big deal. Oh my god, I had no idea, man. Like the kids, my kids got a death grip, so I'm just holding him. Next thing I know, I'm just, you know, just getting pulled everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, Evan, how you looking forward to this Thanksgiving slate? I love Thanksgiving, man. I, I love uh, playing daily fantasy on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, I I was like talk myself into really suboptimal plays. Hey, welcome to my know? world. Yeah, but so, hey, sometimes they work out. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like. Sometimes these bad plays work out, you know, and then you learn about um, bad process and you get good results, you know, and that's, that's always the most fun is, is having bad process and then getting good results. <laughs> hey, um, I, I don't care what the process is, man, as long as I get paid at the end. Exactly, man. Hey, you know, it's all about the results. You know that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got you. But you know, that's why, that's why you play Muhammad Sanu in the Millie Maker line. Hey, you know, and it's funny, my, my second <laughs> biggest DFS win actually came on Thanksgiving, probably about four years ago or so. It was, um, it was, I just, I was still just doing a ton of lineups. Back That's then, right. Back then you could do 500 lineups. So, so I just like threw, yeah, yeah. So I just, I threw 500 uh, Stafford to Calvin Johnson. Lineups. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. I remember yeah. that. I did, I did that, and I had also had like a 0.5% Theo Riddick. Oddly, one, the, the one guy that's been on my two biggest wins ever, Theo, Theo Riddick of all people. And, of course, Theo Riddick's a thing this week, Evan. Yes, he so is. You no, know yes, I'm pumped is. for this. And thing. so is Mohamed Sanu, by the way. Oh, I know. I'm, I mean, this is basically my dream scenario right here. Like, Oh, oh look who decided to show up for the show. <laughs> we got Lord Reeves. Now, I want – Reeves, you know we're live right now. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah how you doing buddy i'm doing good man yo evan is nick with you tell him to hop on <laughs> no that's yeah. tomorrow that's tomorrow it's, it's just it's hilarious because evan was like man i'm gonna be late i'm gonna be late next thing you know i was not expecting evan and i to start the show and then reeves the show at the end <laughs> it was funny. so how you looking forward to this thanksgiving day slate reeves oh man i'm looking for, i was looking a lot forward to it till like all the back of quarterbacks are playing but it's it's gonna be fun regardless it's always a fun day of football i mean just drink a lot of beer eat a lot of food watch a lot of football have a lot of terrible football conversations at least now this year i do not have to have the hugh jackson conversation any longer with my family it has been lifted from the rebar thanksgiving you know tradition of trying to explain to my father-in-law how terrible the head coach hugh jackson was wait hold on do you you, you're, you and your family actually had Hugh Jackson discussions. Yeah, well, you know, I, I he, he lives in Cleveland, man. All right, 
I mean, it's still just like, whew, that's, that's no, Reeves, take it away. Reeves, take it away. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, honestly, man, like Thanksgiving, you want to be, you want to be happy. And like, I feel like Hugh Jackson discussion is not a way to be happy and thankful on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So like Thanksgiving basically manifested from is Tony Romo good into like, is if with my family to like, is Hugh Jackson good? So now it's like two, is John Dorsey good? Uh, so now it's just like, it's one of those things, man. It's just a never ending circle of like football conversation, hell. Uh, but we're going to get through it. It's going to be okay. I mean, we're going to have Chase Daniel to get us, you know, br- bridge bridge that morning gap uh, to the afternoon game of Colt McCoy. And then, you know, we'll have fun at, at night when we're all imbibed and, you know, liquored up. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it's – you do not want to be winning money on this slate early. Like, if you're, like, crushing stuff early and after the first two games, you are – you should not be feeling good about stuff. So, let's go ahead and talk about these first two games. Because, obviously, we got a couple appetizers before the big boy game at night. But the first one, it's the Bears at the Lions, uh, 43-point total. The Bears are three-point favorites on the road. And, you know, I guess – Evan Chase Stanley is going to like increase his career passing attempts by 30% in this game, isn't he? Uh, I don't, I don't, well, uh, yeah, I guess he is. I mean, he's thrown 78 passes in his NFL career in, in terms of regular season, you know, like for me, I'm like big on preseason. So, you know, I think of him as like, you know, a five or 600 attempt passer like this preseason, he had 74 attempts in his NFL career. He has 78 attempts and he's been around since freaking Oh nine. I mean, you're a Missouri, you're, you know, uh, close to Missouri. Yeah, I'm in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when he was coming out of college, you know, I remember, I mean, he was like kind of like a little, you know, I'm not, I'm not anyone to, you know, call anybody chubby, but he was like, he was like a beer drinking, you know, quarterback at Mizzou. And, uh, you know, he's mildly athletic. He's got a weak arm, but, you know, he, he's he been with great quarterback coaches throughout his entire career. I mean, the uh, the Saints with Sean Payton were the first team to pick him up. Uh, and then he spent, like, his, the entire rest of his career with, like, uh, 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 delineations of the Andy Reid tree, you know, with, uh, with Andy Reid uh, in Philly, you know, uh, and now with Matt Nagy. So he's had like the best quarterback coach coaching and he was really good in the preseason. Um, but his skill set is really, really limited. Uh, you know, if, and I've heard a lot of people say like, and a lot of people that I respect say that uh, they're not, there's not going to be a lot of drop off from Mitchell Trubisky to Chase Daniel. I, I don't know how you can say that. And I, I'm not even a big Mitchell Trubisky guy necessarily, uh, because Mitchell Trubisky is an elite athlete at the quarterback position. He leads all NFL quarterbacks in rushing yards right now. He passed Cam Newton last week, and he's attempted almost 20% of his passes 20-plus uh, yards downfield, by far most in the NFL. So, And Chase Daniel in his career has attempted 5% of his passes 20-plus yards downfield. So I, I think that there are great disparities in their skill set. It doesn't mean that the Bears are going to stink on Sunday. I actually think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. What it comes down to, can we get two touchdowns, 220 yards, and maybe a rushing touchdown out of Chase Daniel? Because in that scenario, he mashes value, uh, and he allows you to uh, you know jam all the studs in. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest issue is I just think it's nuts to not play a quarterback from the uh, from the Saints game. That's that's kind of what I keep going back to. Like, I understand the value there with Daniel at four point three k, but I mean, sheesh, like I just can't fade that game. Reeves, what do you think about Chase Daniel coming in here? Is he about is he viable for you this week? I mean, maybe just to sprinkle some ownership in if you're someone that's just trying to cover the field. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm obviously going to be the heaviest on the two guys in the night game. I'm curious to see what this does for the game plan for the Bears. Evan talked about, you know, how much the Trubisky was running and throwing downfield. Uh, if he's going to be a guy that's going to play, you know, kind of close to the vest, you know, we still really can't count on Jordan Howard to do anything yardage-wise. He might fall into the end zone once or twice, uh, but we cannot count on him to do anything yardage-wise. He's, ha- he's averaging 57 yards per game over his past nine games played. He totally tanked at home against this Lions defense uh, two weeks ago. So we can't expect him to go on the road and really hit. So if it's going to be something where the, the 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 throws get shrunk to the line of scrimmage, it's going to benefit Tariq Cohen and it's going to benefit Anthony Miller, their primary slot receiver, uh, than it is the other the other guys in this offense. Uh, I know Allen Robinson hung that crooked number on the Lions a couple, two weeks ago, but no Darius Slay. When he plays in the perimeter, he'll have Darius Slay this week. Last week, 
uh, Allen Robinson ran his lowest percentage of routes from the slot he did all season. He was running over 50% of his routes since he came back, and then last week they just nixed the plug on it, you know, against Xavier Rhodes and just said, here, we'll throw you to the Wolves and let you go out there for, you know, 82% of your routes and just get shadowed by one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They did nothing to scheme him away from Xavier Rhodes. They almost made him like a kind of a decoy in a sense. Um, and, you know, Anthony Miller only had three targets last week, but this sets up for him. You know, the Lions are 25th in uh, receiving points, lot the slot receiver. Like I said, Slay coming back is just going to funnel targets, you know, inside. So, I mean, I'm looking at Tariq Cohen. And I'm looking at Anthony Miller as the two guys that will be altered here and, you know, have, have some value with the move to Chase Daniel. It's a Cohen game. It's a Cohen game. Yeah, it's, I it's mean, a Cohen. It, it sets up perfectly. If you play preseason DFS too, you know, like you play the running back with, with Chase Daniel because he loves to check it down. You know, he came up under Alex Smith. You know, that was he's, – he's Alex Smith disciple. Loves to dump it down to the RB, you know. Um, so, I, I – it's it's – if, if I'm playing DK, I'm, I'm putting Tarek Cohen, I think, in, in every single lineup, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking about playing him on FanDuel, too. I mean. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, it's like, you look, the regards are going to be there, and he can always get into the end zone, too. I mean, Reeves mentioned Jordan Howard, and, like, this is a guy who I'm just – I'm done playing. Evan, what do you think about Jordan Howard? Trash. Yeah. It's just like a – and people are going to play him on the slate. Make moment, no mistake about it. Yeah, no, I – I mean, I've got – right now, I think I've got, like, eight running backs in my player pool, and he's not on them. Like, I just have no desire to play Jordan Howard this week. I, I'd rather – I'm going to have some Zach Zenner, and I'm not going to have some Jordan Howard. Like, it's just – The question is, is Matt Nagy going to play Jordan Howard? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So. It just doesn't make sense, especially with the Lions. You know, they got those two big defensive tackles. I just don't really see a reason they go there. And on the Lions side, you know, obviously – no Marvin Jones, no carry on Johnson this week. So Reeves, when we look at this Lions offense, is it a the Garrett week, as you like to say? Hell no, absolutely not. Well, happy to uh, Garrett. Because the Garrett has his last four games has 21 rushing attempts and 16 yards. Basically, if he just got the ball and fell down, he'd have more yards than if he tried to run with it, uh, you know, the past month. And the Bears have by far and away the best run defense in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm just not going to, you know, mess with the Garrett or even even ZZ Top this week. I'm, being, I'm basically looking at, you know, obviously the sax man, Kenny G, Baby Tron, whatever nickname you prefer. No is the guy you want to look at. football observers have any idea you're about your nicknames, just by the way. Like, <laughs> well, that's not my nickname. Like, who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? No, I'll tell you, he said ZZ Top, and you know what I did? I looked up at my sheet real quick. Okay, ZZ. ZZ. Who, who has a long beard on the team? Yeah. Who has a yeah. long beard? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Listen, man, I'm, uh, Kenny Galladay is the dude that you want to play on this offense. It's all, we, all you want to do. 13 and 14 targets the past two games. Leads the NFL in targets the past two games. He leads the league in air yards. He has 35% of team targets, 65% of their air yards the last two games. Uh, Marvin Jones isn't playing. Bruce Ellington now, like, may, may not play. He's he's magically hurt. He came back for one game and is hurt again, the story of Bruce Ellington's life. Uh, so, I mean, you obviously look at Kenny Galladay and you say, even if he only catches half of his targets, he's going to have so many targets it's not going to freaking matter. So, obviously, he's the dude. And then you got to go back. To, we talked about Riddick last week, and he didn't hit Theo Riddick. Uh, but two weeks ago when they played this Bears team, him and on Johnson combined for 14 targets and 12 receptions. Carryon Johnson is now out. Uh, maybe Zach Center gets some of that passing look, those, that passing work. But I mean, it just is another week to go back to to Steel Riddick and say it makes sense to play him again. I mean, sixty three percent of the fantasy points the Bears are allowing to the running back position come through passing in PPR formats. They don't give up anything on the ground. So I mean, it's just one of those things where you just hold your nose and say Theo Riddick is another viable option in PPR formats again this week. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Theo Riddick not getting there last week, and I feel like last week, and Evan, what do you think? Because I think that was kind of his floor. Got eight points, he saw the targets, caught a, caught some balls, didn't really hit anything. But, I mean, I don't really see him scoring less than eight points in this matchup. What about you? Yeah, I mean, hey, if if, uh, if eight points are your bag, you know, I'm, hey, I'm trying to, you know, I'm out here trying to make – make loot crane you know like eight points yeah, i'm saying that's I don't, the I don't worst even think game. about eight points that's the i don't worst think about eight game. points legarrett blunt could get eight points you know michael roberts could get eight points austin carr could get eight points keith kirkwood you know killer keith kirkwood he'd get eight points eight points i don't care about eight points man okay because from zach zenner i'll be happy with it true yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so are you are you not playing field then this week evan 
No, no. Really? Why not? Because I thought he's not I mean, like touchdowns. I mean, it's a three-game slate. You're not going to get every touchdown. Yeah, I mean, Theo Riddick doesn't really score touchdowns, though. I mean, you know, so I'm just I'm trying to avoid the Lions RBs. I mean, there's no real real reason to play them. You know, hey, listen, you know, if you're on DraftKings and you're doing, you know, forty five thousand lineups, you know, you know, maybe that's put actually in, how many I'm doing this week. Maybe put them in, you know, zero point five percent or whatever. You know, that might equate to you know. 365 lineups but you know like I'm, I'm trying to get touchdowns homie all right that's fine I mean it's I've I, I have interest in all these guys I really do like I maybe I'm just crazy but I think like they're all just too cheap Riddick's 4500 Zenner's 3k the the Garrett's 3 point what 4k and like listen you know Reeves is the the Garrett whisperer you know whatever he says about the Garrett you know listen I wanted the Garrett to happen okay you know i i do a uh we do like me and uh reeves and pat thorman we have this um you know this like little little chat on text message and i was like garrett blunt is a he's a must play on FanDuel at 4600 and uh reeves was like nah nah man and then i was like oh really okay you know like you have to you have to take notice of what Reeves says about LeGarrette. He called LeGarrette leading the friggin' NFL in rushing touchdowns in 2016. Okay. And I know that, you know, in hindsight, with hindsight back checking, it doesn't look like that big of a deal, but that was a really big deal because that dude was going in the 11th round of season long drafts. Okay. So that was an incredible call. Whatever Reeves about, whatever Reeves says about the Garrett, take that seriously, please. All right, so Reeves, tell me we can play him. Just just go back on what you said. Tell me we can play well, him. Well, I mean, the conversation I had with Evan about LeGarrette Blount, he just had with me on the show about Theo Riddick, so I've just got to back his play on that, too. What? Those are like <laughs> two of my guys, man. Like, you guys are just hating now. I mean, just, I can't play LeGarrette Blount, man. I just can't. It just makes no sense. Well, it's a three-game slate. I know, but there's good running backs on the slate. There actually is good running backs. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm guessing I'm just different than everybody this week because uh, to me, I think there's value running backs are really interesting. And obviously, we like Kenny Galladay, Bruce Ellington, if he suits up nine targets last week, we're going to have interest there. Um, anything else in this game, Reeves, that we need to touch on? Uh, not really. Not like Bruce Ellington looks like he's dead and we can't trust him and mix him into any lineups. I mean, there's it's just not, man. This game just doesn't have a lot. These first two are going to be interesting, but you know what? These are the guys. If you have an ancillary guy pop in one of these games, then that, that could be the tide turner, man. Like Zach Center. Like Zach Center. ZZ I mean, Top, baby. Hey, look, <laughs> winner, baby. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, let's move on to crap game number two. It's a 40 and a half point total. The Dallas Cowboys at home, they are seven point favorites. And on the Washington side, Colt McCoy starting. Uh, golly, Evan, it is really tough to get excited about anybody on this Washington offense. It really is. Um, you know, I, it's ugly. I mean, the, the, your first concern is that the Cowboys are just going to have the ball the entire freaking game. I mean, the Redskins run defense looked good there for about, you know, a, like three or four weeks. But, I mean, they're getting smashed again. Um, you know, Cowboys run blocking is a, is has been great. Zeke is just freaking rolling. Uh, they're at home. They're, you know, monster favorites at home. Uh, you know, Redskins offensive line matches up really poorly against uh, the Cowboys defensive line right now. You know, it's just – and look, the, the Cowboys are prone to underachievement. Like, we, we know that. But, man, I mean, they have so many advantages in this game. Um, I just – I mean, you know, the, the Redskins are – they just lost their starting quarterback. They – uh, you know, they're a run-based team uh, that, you know, has lost like, you know, 40 to 60 percent of their offensive line facing a team on the road as big underdogs that has been good at defending the run. I mean, it, it does not set up well, man, for, for the Redskins. Like, I would be worried that they have like 47 offensive plays in this game. Uh, last week, the, you know, the Falcons, they averaged 65 plays per game. And last week they had 55 plays. Uh, at home against the Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's just really tough to like get behind any of these guys. And I mean, I guess you could make a case for a guy like Jordan Reed last time when Colt McCoy started, he targeted Reed a ton. Um, but I don't know, Reeves, do you have a lot of interest in this Redskins offense? No, I mean, the only guy you can kind of coax yourself into is Reed. Other than that, I mean, you look at these wide receivers, I mean, 
Josh Doxson hasn't gone over. He hasn't even had 50 yards in a game yet this season. Uh, Trey Quinn came back and shoved Maurice Harris out of the slot and outside. Uh, Trey Quinn ran 36 pass routes. He's kind of interesting, you know, on DK, uh, you know, as a guy maybe you just want to throw some ownership at, you know, for kind of like a floor upside play. Uh, Dallas is weaker in the slot than they are in the boundaries. Uh, maybe he can make a player too. His, and his skill set matches up with what skill set Colt McCoy has, if we want to call it a skill set you know, the intermediate passing game. And Colton McCoy hasn't started since 2014. It's hard to draw back in any of those and say, well, he targeted Jordan Reed a lot in 2014. That's going to happen. I'm grasping at straws, man. I know. I hear that. But Jordan Reed is the one guy that you can count on for targets uh, in the in that offense. Uh, here, here's a question. Here's a question for, for you guys. Okay, so let's say you were, you, you know, you were setting Madden ratings. Okay, so um, <laughs> your, your overall, uh, you know, like job, rating, rating toward 100. Uh, rating toward 100 for Alex Smith and Colt McCoy. Where would you have Alex Smith and where would you have Colt McCoy? Don't don't give me any specifics. I want to hear, um, you know, just in terms of skill set, not like leadership crap either. Colt McCoy is a good leader, by the way. Right? You know, he, <laughs> he they, is a good leader. Yeah, he is a good damn good leader. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to go Alex Smith, 76, Colt McCoy, 69. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So that's what I was going to have. One, one guy's like a mid C and the other guy's a D plus. That's basically what, what we're at. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Are, are we on the grading scale or on the number scale? Well, that's the same difference. 76% and 69% is exactly what I said. The All same, right. same thing. Like basically seven, go, <laughs> go for I was it. Gonna go, I was going to go 66 for Alex Smith and 64 for Colt McCoy. Wow. Oh yeah. I, so this, I mean, so I didn't know you were doing the ratings after Alex Smith legs got crushed. <laughs> Sorry, too soon. Ooh, it was rough, man. That was a tough one. That was that, that was, was one I was like, I don't need to see the replay of that. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I <laughs> like, watched it live and I'm like, yeah, I, I watched it again because I'm a sicko. But yeah, no, I was. There's uh, been a couple of this year. The Delaney one was like immediately what the week one when Delaney had his ankle, his foot turned backwards. I was like, nope, don't need to see that again. Like, just turn away. Uh, but yeah, when you look at this Washington team, since they haven't scored more than 23 points in a game since week three. Like it's there's just there's no, not really, there's a reason this game total is forty freaking points. Yeah, uh, it's 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 gross. Like Evan said, you've got a situation where Washington isn't going to force Dallas out of their comfort zone and to do things that they don't want to do, uh, and Washington just doesn't have the horses to play from behind or have any type of you know any type of pass protection to really just gear up and ramp up any type of game where they're playing from behind either. They're going to try to do. We saw it like they did last week. They played from behind the whole game and ran the same offense they always run, you know, just just terrible. Yeah, you can't I mean, trust Peterson either. I mean, Peterson the past three games behind this offensive line that is just basically as you us three playing on it uh, right about now, he's rushed 44 times for 136 yards the past three games, 3. Point yards, 3.1 yards per carry. If he doesn't fall in the end zone, like you might – like him, if you're not going to play, I'd just bag on LeGarrette Blount. Like this is just LeGarrette Blount with more carries. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I think of Adrian Peterson. To me, I just I just see this game playing so slow. Adrian Peterson, they might they might just handle the ball 20, 25 times, whether he's effective or not. Like this is just one of those games where I'm glad it's during prime napping time on Thanksgiving because I don't have a lot of interest in watching it. Evan, what do you think about Adrian Peterson or even these, you know, Washington pass catchers? I mean, you know, I kind of like Trey Quinn just because of his price, but you know, I I would rather like Jamison Crowder plays because he uh, got upgraded to questionable today. I'd rather he just, he plays. And then, so I just, you know, don't play Trey Quinn at all. Um, You know, and then with Jordan Reed, I, I'm tempted to play him, but I really don't want to play him uh, because again, I'm really just worried that the Redskins are going to have like fewer than 50 offensive plays in this game. It's a gross, gross game. I mean, it's awful. What yeah. tight end? What tight end does anyone willingly willingly want to click on the slate? I, I got it. I got a cheap one. Well, I'm sure there's a couple guys we could just say we'll take stabs at. Is there anyone you you absolutely willing to want to do this? I got a cheap one from this game. You gonna be, oh, be, be VD? You gonna catch some VD? Uh, you Jarwin, like Jarwin, Big Vern, baby. <laughs> Big Vern, who better to celebrate Thanksgiving with? Than a dude named Big Vern catching a touchdown pass. I like you. that. I like that. He's catchless in like three of his last five games, but uh, yeah, he had three targets. Fire him, fire him. 
Why not? Colt McCoy likes to tight ends. He likes That's to throw big. short. I'm just saying that, like, if you want to win a three-game slate, you're not going to do it by loading up on Zeke, Kamara, and Kenny Galladay. Like, that ain't gonna <laughs> Like, it's, you're going to need one of these random-ass dudes. And one of these guys always goes – like, not goes off, but gets there at a minimum price on a slate where when I'm playing Breeze, Thomas, and Kamara so often, I need some of these cheap guys. And I'm willing to gamble on guys like Big Vern. Well, you said you had an eight-man running back pull, and six of them were Lions running back, so – <laughs> well, you know, you know who else I have in that running back pool, Reeves, right? <laughs> that you Cavs, have? Cavs out, baby. Oh, Cavs out? Oh, yeah. Please don't. <laughs> Seriously. Like, Half calf bibs? You lost yeah. playing time to Byron Marshall last week. <laughs> do, not, do not play Capri bibs. Please. I'll play Byron Marshall then. Why not? No, seriously, I think I'm going to end up playing a Cowboys tight end, I think. Um, Which one? I don't know. I'm gonna, Yeah, that's uh, that's like I, I kind of looked at this, and they have a combined two targets the last three weeks. Dalton Schultz gathers Blake Jarwin. Like on the Cowboys. I think Blake Jarwin. I think Blake Jarwin's going to run the most routes, so that's who I'm going to play. All right. I mean, that's uh, – Golly, I just don't know what to do with this. Like, not that the, he's a good play. He's not a good play. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, like to me with this Cowboys side, I'm playing Zeke and I'm playing Amari, and I just don't have a lot of interest in anybody else. Like all the uses just gonna flow through those two guys, isn't it, Evan? Except Reeves, tight ends don't matter, right? No, they don't. Definitely don't matter. Someone's probably gonna win to turn with like a zero from a tight end in this in this slate. It's not I gonna agree. matter. I agree. I get that big burn. <laughs> It should surprise no one if literally not a single tight end on the slate scores more than like 7.4 or something. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if, if there's a double digit PPR tight end in the slate, uh, you know, obviously the, the odds on favorite will be Reed, but like, it, it, would anyone be surprised if there wasn't one? Uh, I mean, Reed and Trey. Will Burton. there be two? Will there be two? That's a good question. No, I mean, get, I'll tell you what, highest tight end score 10 this week over under. Not on FanDuel, on DK. I'll go over. I'll go over, but I will say that only one goes over on the entire slate. All right. Then I feel like I said a good line. Tight end, Um, tight end touchdowns over under one and a half on the slate. Under. I think one. I think one hits. And it's coming. Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold catches the TD, baby. Kevin Arnold, he's due. Dude, that dude's like seven foot six. He's like Groot on the on the football field. Like, I, I was dude's dude. He's due to catch catch one. They keep bringing it. If they're gonna give Taysom Hill goal line reps and you know red zone reps, we got to get Dan Arnold. You know some high pointing action. He's taller than everyone. Yeah, uh, and I, yo, his his girlfriend uh, Winnie, she, like she was real hot like back in the day too. <laughs> yeah, but she cheated on him with that lifeguard. At the, I mean, oh, it was yeah, bogus. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right out of here. It was, I mean, it's just so bogus. He drove all the way out there and was working as a busboy or like a cook, yeah. a short order cook. And she was just banging that lifeguard. <laughs> you know, there's some talk about Hooper and the uh, as the guy that might go over. We'll talk about him later. But I want to like this Cowboys team to me, Evan, it's Zeke, it's Amari, and the other guys I don't have a lot of interest in. Is there anybody on the Cowboys and I guess Jake, like Jarwin, that you can make a case for? No, no, no. <laughs> All right, good talk, Reeps. What were you? You're asking about Cowboys players? Yeah, yeah. I'm not named Zeke. No, man. I think it's just a Zeke game. Like you, you just look at what he's done the last three games: uh, 112 yards, 187 yards, 201 yards. The Redskins run defense. Uh, they, you know, last time they played, they held Zeke to 33 yards. But ever since then, they've allowed 132 rushing yards per game. It's just, I mean, it just feels like a good a good time to wipe that 33 yard day out of your memory. Cause he's probably going to, you know, go for like 150 total yards and, um, tomorrow. Yeah. I really hope people just look at that and say, I can't play Zeke. He was held 33 yards last time. That would be uh, that'd be bizarre to me. Like if you're not playing Zeke, you're playing Amari Cooper. Cause one of these guys, maybe both of them, they're going to get in the box. And Amari's a guy seeing a lot of red zone usage, a lot of targets since coming over to Dallas and, Evan, to me, Amari is a perfectly fine play on the slate. Yeah, he's really interesting this week. You know, he's always a bad play when he is the chalk. <laughs> that's what he was you know, like, his entire career. Whenever he's the chalk, don't play him. You know, and he was a chalk last week, uh, and that was a really bad play. Who knew him and Corey Davis would let everyone down? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> 
but I don't like no one's going to play him this week. His price is reasonable. He doesn't have a great matchup, but I think it's not that bad. Uh, the Cowboys are definitely incentivized to get him work uh, at home uh, in prime time, you know, technically a prime time game uh, after giving up a 2019 first round pick for him. Um, you know, I, I think that the over under, let's just, let's just talk targets. Let's just talk targets. Um, what, you know, what's the over under on him for targets? I will say seven and a half. I'll say seven and a half. I'll take take way over. I would, I would have said like nine and a half or 10. Okay. It's the same reason you just said where you're just like, they've been made fun of forever. Exactly. Trading for this guy. And you know, the cow, you know, Jerry Jones is sitting around telling Jason Garrett, get Amari the ball. Let the world see why we traded for this guy. You know, that is coming out of Jerry Jones. And, 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 you know, uh, Jason Garrett is literally like, you know, he's the, he's, he's, he's on the string. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not Geppetto. He's the puppet. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah, like, no, I, Amari Cooper, I think right now is either my highest or my second highest owned wide receiver on this slate. Like, I freaking love Amari this week. And it's, I think he's a direct pivot off of Zeke, but I mean, I don't know about you, Reeves, but I think you need at least one of these guys in every lineup. Yeah, I'm okay with both. I mean, like, I'm just okay with Amari. Like, I don't really have strong feelings negatively or positively. Like, I, I'm just more looking at it as the, we know what the Dallas passing game is going to be. So I mean, if even he has eight eight targets, say like what kind of what kind of targets are those eight targets? Like he's not getting like shot plays like thrown to him. It's just kind of he's just like a he's just like a guy out there, which is fine. That's all we really want him to be for fantasy. We've we've dealt with the Cooper coaster for so long. If he's just an okay guy, we're we're completely okay with that as well. Well, well, everyone accepted, you know, in week 10, everyone accepted like Amari, uh, Amari Cooper, six for 75. We're like, that's an awesome game. I've never <laughs> seen him have a game like that. It's usually one for 10 or, you know, 10 for 140 and one, you know, it's like, oh, six for 75. It's like, wow. And I, I fell victim to that too. You know, I mean, this is human nature, but guess what? The dude is inconsistent. He plays on one of the run heaviest teams in the freaking NFL this week. He's got to go against Josh Norman. You know, I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're buying into narratives really, if you're playing in, which I don't think is a bad idea, especially on a, a short slate, but you know, there are definitely no guarantees on Amari Cooper. Well, there, there's, there's just a gap. I mean, there are no like mid tier receivers. There's expensive guys yeah. and then you have Galladay and then it's just like him. And then they're all cheap guys. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, no, I agree. What about these? Where it is? Like, what about these other pieces, Reeves for Dallas? Because I'm just kind of ignoring them. The Michael Gallup's, Cole Beasley, Alan Hearns. Like the chat's talking about Michael Gallup as an interesting play, and to me, I just don't think we have to go here. Well, it's we talk. We're talking about their them not being able to support enough volume for their primary receiver. So when we start going down the line that you start developing a problem. I mean, you've got Cole Beasley, who, who has a better matchup than Michael Gallup. He caught the long ball uh, against the Redskins last time these two teams played, but that was it. You know, it was Beasley who got all the targets and worked that game. You know, he's going to be running the, you know, those intermediate routes are what's going to get peppered with the most volume. And if we don't have enough volume to that, we're questioning supporting a guy that's their Detroit first round pick for, we start moving down the line. We're really pecking at not doing a lot on marginal volume. Uh, with these guys so I mean I think that they're just okay they're just swing and miss guys the low they're all have low floors any of these other secondary plays for you in this game Evan next game all right let's move on to a game that <laughs> well people give a damn about it's the Falcons at the Saints 60 point total the Saints at home they're 13 point favorites and um, I so far have started every single lineup with Drew Brees I have started every lineup with Alvin Kamara and I have not regretted it yet. Evan, do you think that's a sound strategy? I do. I do. I do. You know, and I, I always like, you know, I start drinking early on uh, Thanksgivings <laughs> and I make really suboptimal decisions, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I, I talk, you know, it's like after beer three and you're like, Oh yes. Uh, who was the, who was the, the Colts quarterback? Tolzien. Tolzien. Scott, Scott Tolzien, you got excited about Scott Tolzien. You could get in AB, you could get in Lev, you know, like you know, everything. <laughs> That's um, what everybody's saying about Chase Daniel this week. I know. What well, it's it's honestly tempting. It's very honestly tempting. Just, just don't. Man. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, I want to play Drew Brees. I'm probably going to, at the end of the day, make really bad decisions. But if, you know, right now I have my lineup loaded and, and Brees is, is, is my quarterback. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I mean. That's where I am. Yeah, and Reeves, it's just really hard to like your team that much without Breeze. Like, I, you could – this pricing on a lot of these guys is soft enough that you can get Breeze in, and it's not – it's not too troublesome. Yeah, you can get everybody in if you play um, if you play Colt McCoury or if you play Chase Daniel, but I'm going to take my 25-plus points from Breeze. He's got the highest floor. He's got the highest ceiling on the slate. They're, the freaking team total's 36, for God's sakes. Like, he could score 40 points. Yeah. Easily. It's, not, it's the highest team to, implied team total for a team since the 2013 Broncos. Dude, their implied team total. I had to calculate it twice, like you know, just breaking it down. Like, thought okay. you made, thought you made a mistake. Yeah, I was like, that ain't right. That ain't right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yep. Reeves, can you? I mean, I guess you could play Matt Ryan on the other side, but for the most part, I just want to play Drew Brees in this game, right? Sure, man. Why wouldn't you? I mean, he's just been bonkers, basically. I mean, he's a little under 11 yards per pass attempt his last three games, 11 touchdown passes, at least three in each. You're walking into the bonus if you're on DK. Like, you're just getting an extra three points, which you aren't getting if for your jamming man, you know, for, uh, you know, the Chase Daniel. Like, he's not going to over 300 yards. Probably not. I mean, probably the lower end of spectrums. If you actually, you know, if you're talking about 300-yard passes on the slate, I mean, they're both just in this game probably. I think you can make an argument maybe Stafford gets there just on raw Stafford's volume. Yeah. Just on raw volume. Uh, but, yeah, Breeze is walking into that bonus. He's walking into the most touchdowns. Uh, he's probably walking into the most yardage. Uh, and he's and, and when we talk, he's facing, like, the most garbage defense outside of the Buccaneers. I mean, they're 31st in passing points allowed per game, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it all lines up, man. There's just no reason to overthink this one. Here, here, here's a better conversation, okay? Here's a better conversation. All right. Okay. You ready? Probably not. No. Um, so listen. So Mark Ingram's big games have all occurred in massive blowouts. Okay, mm-hmm. the, the Monday night game against Washington, um, uh, the game at Cincinnati, fifty-one to fourteen or whatever it was, and uh, last week against the Eagles, which was just crazy. I mean, crazy blowout. Okay, so this is the second game in the in the series between the Falcons and the Saints of the year. Uh, the sharp money is on the Falcon side, and it's uh, real strong. Um, I, You know, when, we are, when we're talking about, like, recency bias, I mean, it is so strong in the Saints' favor. We have seen them just smashing teams. We've seen the Falcons friggin' go to Cleveland and lose. We saw them lose to, at home to the friggin' Cowboys in a game that they absolutely should have won. The recency bias is so strong in, uh, in, in the Saints' direction. So, and look, I, when I break down the game, I'm like, yo, Saints are going to fuck them up, you know. But I, I don't know. I, I also have this trepidation that maybe that's not correct. Uh, I saw a stat uh, the other day that uh, n- none of these games have been decided, you know, by 10 points in like, you know, a decade or something between the Saints and the Falcons. What, what, do, you, what do you guys think? I think I think the Falcons hang around this game. I think it's a division game. I think Matt Ryan, he's still – I know it's on the road, but he's in a dome. There's no way that any of these Saints corners can guard Julio, and I think that he just feeds Julio a ton in this one. I think Calvin Ridley is interesting, same for Mohamed Sanu. And to me, I really do think this game stays closer than most do, and that means that I'm going to – I'm interested in some Matt Ryan because initially I looked at the price difference between Breeze and Ryan, and I said – I don't, I don't need it. Like it's only 600 bucks, whatever I find is 600 bucks. And then I found so many different builds that I wanted to make. That was like 200 short, 300 short, but they all had Julio. They all had exposure to this Falcons offense. So I said, well, hell, if I just throw breeze out, bring Matt Ryan in, I'm kind of okay with that from a fantasy perspective. I think this mm. game stays competitive enough. I think it's yeah. high scoring. And I think that um, if you're That's not- a big deal on the slate. It's just a big deal on the slate. Like, yeah. If, hey, listen, if you're on that side that you – if you think that the Falcons can hang here, if, if you think they can score points, you know, if you can get like Tevin Coleman, you know, if you could get like uh, Ridley, uh, I think Sanu is – see, I'm going to try to play him in cash. I'm going to try to jam him in in cash. You've been making fun of me for Sanu for three years. <laughs> true, true. 
well, because I mean, you know, there are reasons for that. Crank. I know, I know. It's just too funny. Yeah, we've been over that. We've been Welcome over. to the dark side, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's pulling my Darth Vader mask. <laughs> Darth, Darth Silva. I like it. But um, no, but I think that there are two keys to the slate. Number one, tight end, tight end position. Mm-hmm. You know, you ca- you got to get fortunate. You got to you got to get like Blake Jarwin touchdown. You know, maybe Vernon Davis touchdown. Maybe Josh Hill touchdown. Maybe Kevin Arnold touchdown. You know, Toy Lolo. T O L O L I O Toy Lolo touchdown, you know, something like that. Like that's, I think that's going to propel you, but also what could propel you is just uh, maybe, maybe hitting the Falcons, right. You know what I'm saying? Because I think they're all going to be low owned. I think Hulu is going to be low owned. I think Matt Ryan is going to be relatively low owned. I think that um, both the RBs are going to be relatively low owned. Ridley, I think it'll be decently owned. I think Sanu, uh, is real, real interesting. Hooper, I bet he's going to be high-owned, but I think he's a trash play. I, I don't like Hooper as much either. I'm finding myself yeah. with a lot more Reed, Burton, and um, Big Vern, but like, and even some Josh Hill. You know, Reese, what do you think? Do you think the Falcons hang in this game? You're definitely the betting side if you're if you're betting on this game, or you're definitely going to take that 13 and a half, 14 that you're getting. I and mean, if you're going to, if you're wagering on this, that's definitely the side you're going to be on uh, for that. So, if it's, let's say that they, let's say you, you're on that side that they're going to cover 14. Uh, the Saints are going to score probably 40. So, you're going to get 28, 28 to work with. That's, 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 yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's our business. Yeah, we're in business. That, that's more than the other teams are going to score in the previous, the, all four of the previous games. Yeah, like it, the, the four I, previous teams. I really can't imagine building teams without just loading up on both sides of these games. Like I, I will probably be winning exactly zero dollars before this, before this game. Like I'm not, I'm not even kidding. That should be your goal. No, of course, it, it yeah. really should be your goal. You're currently winning. Should just be a frowny face. Like, I, <laughs> like there's just no well, way that your 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 goal should be really to have like two or three like in in you know just say you're running one lineup okay your goal should be to have like two or three guys from the first two games and you get like 15 from them both combined you know so and you're going into the last one with like 30 points and then you just everyone else that you have let's talk about defenses by the way defenses are are critical here as well um the i think the cowboys just from a, a process standpoint are the best play on the slate, but I think the Saints are actually on a per dollar basis by far the best defense to play. See, and I actually feel that way about a really cheap defense, but it's yeah. not the Saints, it's the Lions. Okay. I feel that way again about the Lions where I just see like, I don't, I think that game's going to be extra low scoring and I see them at 2.4K over on DraftKings, and I have interest there. Like, the, my, here's my problem with the Redskins-Cowboys defense. Like, everybody wants to play these defenses, and like, well, they're not going to give up points. Point prevention, unless it's a shutout or unless it's under seven points, it just doesn't matter that much in the world of daily fantasy. The difference between 14 – doesn't matter at all. Doesn't yeah, the difference between giving up 14 and 31 points on DK, I'm pretty sure, is two points. Like that's, I mean, that's obviously nothing. So what are we looking for? We're looking for big play potential. Now, when I'm looking for a situation like that, I look at this Washington Dallas game. Do we really think with the little number of plays and with neither team's going to air it out, do we really think that these defenses are going to get there? To me, I'm loading up on the Lions and I'm loading up on the Bears because I think the Lions at home at that price tag, I have a lot of interest in the Bears. Of course, Matt Fish Stafford, we can expect him to throw the ball 40 times in this game. And the Bears' defense is uh, really freaking good too. So, like, those are the two defenses I'm planning on loading up on. What do you think, Reeves? Yeah. Well, you hit on you want so you want to you want the teams to be in like pure passing situations consistently. The, the opposing offense. So, two teams you're you're going to draw yourself to are the Bears and the Saints. Are the two teams you're going to draw yourself to? They have the most chances to have opportunities for sacks, forced fumbles, interceptions, defensive touchdowns. And I have no problem with it. Listen, Bales has talked about this for years. We bring it up on the show all the time about playing defenses in these shootouts. You saw it on Monday night. There was three defensive touchdowns in that game on Monday night in a game that had 100 total points scored. You Either one of those defenses were both top fantasy plays. It didn't matter that they gave up 50 points each. didn't matter. Uh, so, I mean, I like the Saints a lot. I think they can give up 28 and still be good. I like the Bears a lot for the same reasons. They can give up 
14 to 20 points to the Lions and still have a really good game in terms of turnovers. I mean, the Bears are our Bears are just in a smash spot. They're the best defense in the NFL, and they're going to be forcing the team to throw a lot. They can't block and has no receivers except one guy. It's I mean, it's not like I'm just going to play a lot of the Bears and a lot of the Saints for those two reasons, the, the reasons that the, they're going to be the defense in the spots to earn the most points. Most I'm playing Saints. I'm playing Saints. I like it. I like Fal- Falcons have like serious, like if you just watch the games, they have serious pass protection meltdowns, especially on the road. Like they, they have, I don't understand it. Like their offensive line is not bad at all. I mean, their tackles are good. They did lose both of their starting guards, but I don't know. It's like sometimes they, they hold up real well. They have Alex Mack at center. Sometimes they hold up really well. They, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like sometimes with offensive line play, I don't understand it, you know, and man, like the Falcons have these games where they're just like, they can't protect Matt Ryan at all. And Matt Ryan like starts to get like fearful in the pocket. And that is just like a, a meltdown situation. The Browns game two weeks ago is exactly like that. Yes. Yeah, it absolutely was. So it was last week. So it was last week against Dallas, man. Um, so I'm really um, the only one on the Lions defense. Do you remember the game, uh, the week one game? Now, the week one game was weird because it was like in crazy ass, like Philly humidity. Uh, but my goodness, Matt Ryan looked terrible in that game. I, mean, I don't know. He just, he has these games where he just looks like awful. And it's, and we know it's not even all of his fault. It's like a lot of his sport supporting cast, but continue. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, I, I'm really surprised that I'm the only one that likes the Lions defense. I mean, they're at home, which is always a plus for a defense, and they're barely underdogs in the second lowest total on the slate. So I don't, I don't know. I guess. Well, oh, is it? I mean, chase, chase the goat, Daniel. Yeah. I mean, how many passes do you think Chase Daniels throws in that game? Chase Daniel throws in that game. Twenty-five. Under, yeah, under twenty-five is so like. Really? What kind of? Oh wow. So what kind That's of opportunity like are you expecting? But you really, you really think under twenty-five? But he I, has way less turnover. Do you want to make a like, bet on this? Do you want to make a bet on this? Who? Who? Do you guys want to make a bet that he throws over 25 passes? You think it's going to be well under? Well over. Well, well over. over? Okay. I like the over. That's what I was saying. I was like 25. Oh. It's like I. Uh... I think you'd like it more if Trubisky was playing in the flip on the flip side because he's taking more shots downfield and he's he's running around more. Where Chase Daniels is going to just dump it off, man. He's throwing everything in the intermediate range. Like yeah. if he throws, if he throws more than one interception, I'm going to be surprised. I'll take one interception from a $2,300 defense. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Like, and especially if they're going to be low owned. Like, I think the Lions are real, really a phenomenal tournament play. Obviously, not a cash game option. You know, cash games. I mean, listen, man, they're only six defenses. I'm not going to fault you for playing one of them. Think, think if you had, had had. You know, if you had played that uh, the Thursday through Monday and you had exposure to like the Rams or the Chiefs defense, think about it. You know, you're a hey, you're 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 waking up in a fucking Bugatti. Echo bomb, echo bomb's just coming to your house. And just, <laughs> like, dude, that dude is a beast. He could be stopped. He, he, actually is a beast. he actually is a beast. You know, he played with uh, Cooper Cup and Kendrick Bourne at uh, Eastern Washington. And he's um he's a freak show athlete, freak show. Samson Ekubam, re- remember his name, because he's gonna be special one day. Right. You know, and we, that dude was in the money, man. That Monday. You know, we kind of talked about some of these other like Drew Brees. Obviously, we love him. Alvin Kamara. Look, if you're gonna build a running back to attack the Falcons with, it would be Alvin Kamara. Yeah, obviously they're great plays. I think these Saints receivers are one of the ways that on this slate you can either win or lose it because Traquan Smith obviously had the big game last week. Now he's questionable. He says he's fine that he's going to play. I'm. Just, it's just tough to plan for it because, again, this is the night game. You don't have anybody to pivot to if he's out. Next thing you know, you're leaving freaking 2K on this table because Traquan Smith, 4,700. You go down to Austin Carr, Keith Kirkwood, Brandon Marshall maybe. Evan, how do you break down these like secondary Saints pieces? Hey, by the way, um, uh, a dude, uh, Fast Eddie Fear, has done a great job of highlighting, by the way, about um, – leaving money on the table on short slates. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a great strategy. It's a great strategy. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, I've actually heard, um, uh, what's, what's the dude's name? Uh, Asani Fisher, Asani Fisher. Mm-hmm. 
um he was like you know really smart dude yeah he's talked about this too how he like really struggled to um you know just mentally be able to uh leave money on the table um you know when he's built especially on you know on short slates that's the way to win short slates yeah but, but people, I, people don't know that people don't know that and and like i struggle with that like i struggle, i know that i i'm thinking about that in my freaking brain and i'm still like oh should i use this x extra 700 to get from you know sanu to calvin ridley well you got to think of it like this too yeah. because if you hit let's say you have you spend all 50k your salary cap right yeah. and you hit and you hit your upside is so limited because that you're going to chop that. If you spend to the cap on a three game slate, you are 100% going to chop first place. So really there's nothing wrong with chopping. There's nothing wrong with chopping. I mean, when it's a quarter million for first or you win three grand, you know, like it's, and we've seen that sort of big, that's a a big time difference. So really you're actually by, by spending that full cap, you're actually capping your upside, which is not something that we're trying to do. Um, so to me, no, I like, I'll tell you, and you know, another example of this is uh, during the Masters, and obviously we're a football show, but during the Masters, when it's a massive Millie maker, on 100% of the teams, I leave at least 200 bucks on the table. Because I'll tell you, Roto-Grinders did a, uh, did a study on this a few years ago, before I was with them, and it's something like 83 or 86% of all teams either spent all the way to the cap or within 100 bucks to the cap. So even I'm sure that number is left not, less now, but if 75% of the people are spending within 100, 200 bucks of the cap, you're getting a massive edge on the field mm-hmm. if you end up having the winner. And, you know, yeah, winning three or four grand is nice, but that's not why we're playing these contests. We're playing yeah. with a quarter million yeah. bucks. Yeah. It just doesn't uh, make sense. Le, yeah, let me, um, let me uh, talk about another couple of examples about this. So um, I don't know if you know who the dude uh, Oreo is, but he, he was uh, uh, the, the partner for uh, E. Hafner for a while. Yeah, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and, and everyone knows uh, Hafner, right? I think he's still top ten roto grinders, or at least he was for a lot of you know a lot of a lot of the years. And um, he, um, so when he would do his fantasy cruncher builds, uh, he would actually set it at um, leaving uh, like always leaving at least four hundred on the table. Always leaving at least four hundred on the table. So he would never have a perfect, you know. You, you know what I'm saying? Like he would never have a perfect, you know, zero dollars or left. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, which I think is interesting because, you know, as someone who, you know, sets my lineups and then, Hey, if I can, if I feel like, you know, I can just like blam, you know, Hey, I can jam this dude in and like have zero money left. I'm like, yes. You know, I feel like that's like an accomplishment, but it's really, and I guarantee you, you know, 95% of the field feels that way it's 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 not the way to win any freaking tournaments man yeah and exactly. like and 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 sometimes like when i like leave like 600 on the table um for even for cash games i'm like you know i, I feel like uncomfortable but yeah. i'm like you know what like this is the best lineup i can freaking come up with man yeah. you know and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna run this and you know it's it but it doesn't feel comfortable it, no it's all about feeling yeah yeah, you like Reeves. You're never looking at that situation saying, "God, I love my." You might say you love your lineup, but that little six hundred there. You know, there at some point we're all we've all been conditioned to say that. Well, we have the extra money. The better guy is going to be more expensive. We got to go play that guy. And Reeves, that just isn't the case a lot of the time. Well, I mean, you you said it the best uh, when when you opened there to piggyback off of Evan. I mean, if you feel great about your lineup on a slate like this, someone has that same exact lineup. Like it is is in the bag. Like that, that if you're maxing out your, if you're going 50 or 60 K depending on your site, someone has that same lineup. You're a hundred percent running into that lineup somewhere else. So, I mean, that's basically what you're trying to avoid here. And this is the, these are the types of slates. I think we've talked about earlier. You want to be uncomfortable. You want to feel uncomfortable about your lineups on these types of slates. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's better to leave some money on the table and differentiate than it is just to spend the cap. Because again, it's look, salaries aren't perfect. This isn't a, you know, it's, it's it's honestly like one of the best uh tips that you can give anyone and yeah. i mean again like i struggle with it myself you know asani fisher is on podcast saying that he struggles with it you know it's it's freaking human nature we all we all struggle with all these you know psychological biases that we have 
you know, and, and one of the goals to like getting an edge on the field, because every, because everyone has these friggin' psychological biases. One, one of the ways to get an edge on the field is to resist these psychological biases, you know, whether it be recency bias, you know, whether it be, you know, a highlight bias, you know, Hey, you know, this dude shows up on, you know, friggin', um, you know, what, what is that red zone, red zone, oh, red zone. <laughs> you know, all the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, like all these different biases that we have and, um, you know, definitely in DFS, one of the biggest biases is filling out the salary cap. And it's, it's really silly. If you think about it, if you zoom out and think about it, it's really freaking silly that, that you would care that much that you would, that you would uh, maybe make a suboptimal play to get to 60,000 as opposed to doing what you really think is right. And just playing at 5,500, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'll tell you what it's, I think it's a little bit different. The one sport I do like to spin almost all the way to the cap is NBA because I feel like we're looking so much for point per dollar. Totally in, different sport though, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But in sports like football, like baseball, like hockey, that are so big play dependent, the cap just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Like play the guys you like. And if you leave a thousand bucks on the table, good for you. Cause you're going to be winning that tournament by yourself. Um, I, 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 I could be a fool, but I think that people who win like in baseball, don't they leave like a shit ton of money out there? Like, I mean, it, it just kind of depends on the pitching. Okay. Side. Okay. It depends on the pitchers a lot of the time, but like for hitters, baseball more than any other sport, I don't care about a uh, salary whatsoever. All right, let's, let's get back to the saints. Cause we kind of talked about, you know, leaving a lot of money on the table. And one of the ways that you're going to be doing that, if you kind of load up on these secondary saints pieces, because Traquan Smith, he's under 5k after the big game, but he might not play. If he doesn't play Austin Carr, Keith Kirkwood, Brandon Marshall, even Josh Hill, Ben Watson, uh, Arnold Reeves boy Reeves. What do you think about these secondary saints pieces? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm really bummed out that Traquan is dealing with this uh, injury at the beginning of the week because he's totally like the kind of guy in the spot, like in a slate like this, you would want to go onto the field on. You know, um, not not that I think he's a bad play at all, but you have a guy that had his, his probably the best game he'll have all season last week uh, is on a short slate that every a game that everyone's going to be watching, uh, and it was good. And his price is still favorable, so he was a, he's a guy that the field. I mean, you have projector his projector ownership probably could be was was probably just silly. And he's totally the type of guy what that Boomer Bust. Brian, you can look it up. What is it? What I'm sorry, what was it? <clears throat> what is Traquan Smith's ownership? Projected ownership. Let me check it out really quick. Because he's he's 100% in the bucket of guys you would fade if it's going to be 30, you know, 30, 40%. He's that Boom Bust guy. And you get it, like, it won't be because of the injury. <clears throat> that's yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I'm bummed out about that. Because he's totally the guy you come under the, under the field on. You think? Uh, we got- absolutely that's a that's just those those boom bust guys when they have ownership that's projected to be high you always come in under those guys because oh, okay, if they okay, don't okay. pop what's what's his ownership okay i'll let you guys guess on this slate yep 35 evan hang hang on hang on all right <laughs> he, he, he's got the q mark next to his name yes and he, he didn't practice on monday or tuesday correct okay so uh, i'm gonna say 26 I think this is completely wrong. Right now, we've got him projected at five. Oh. <laughs> I don't see a way that's possible. But again, one of the, one of the things is fire, fire yeah, the fucking cannon. Oh no, of course. Like fire one of the, the things is too. <laughs> we've talked about how let's get rich. <laughs> pricing is on this slate. And a lot of my builds have Traquan in them already. So, I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, if it, are you look, sure? Yo, is, all right, this is DK. Yeah, that's DK. What's no, I know. I had to like price? double do the double take. I had to refresh, and What's I'm looking price? at week twelve Thanksgiving. Five. Oh, he's five k. Oh my god. No, five percent. Yeah, he's forty seven hundred. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, no, and I really hope that. Uh, yeah, I really hope is, that's uh, the case. Jamino, right? Jamino's really he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. So it's well, listen, like, you can ignore everything I said if it's five. You know, if it's five bombs away, you know, like it's like, <laughs> how could you possibly fade that? I'm going to be probably seven or eight X the field. <laughs> like if it's only 5%. Again. If it's five, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's under, t- I don't think it's under 10. I don't think it's under 15. But, you know, we kind of talked about this before where I said that 
Well, with, it's the injury thing, man. It's the injury. Well, it's not only is it the injury thing, but people don't have a pivot. And people don't like to play that guy. Put him in your lineups if you can't say – because, look, when lineups yeah. start, when this game – this slate starts, we are not going to know about Trey Quinn Smith. On, on, on FanDuel, um, you can pivot to Calvin Ridley very easily, by the way. Okay. Well, that that's good. Like, he's about 700 more over on – over on DK, but on uh, FanDuel, if you can just get to Ridley, that makes it really some. Hey, I, love Ridley. I, I didn't even check today with uh, with Traquan Smith. Did, did he get even a limited practice? I can look it up real quick. I'm gonna hit up Nick Underhill right now and see if. He I can. think there was conflicting reports that someone said he didn't practice, and then then someone said he was limited. That that was on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. It says uh, this is Mike for Mike Triplett, uh, Saints wide receiver Traquan Smith returned to practice on a limited basis Wednesday. Okay, he's so quite- he was there. Yeah, he yeah. yeah, but but and I did read this part. Traquan said he feels good and ready, and he says, "In my eyes, I'm playing tomorrow." Yeah, well, if he was there, he has, he's. I mean, playing. He's playing. yeah, yeah. I feel I I feel it's like, like Friday practice. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like I'm I'm just loading up on Traquan, and if I have to do a global swap to Kirkwood or whatever, like. Okay, that's fine. Like we don't at five, man. <laughs> not 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 Kirkwood, homie. Not Kirkwood. No, no. Well, is it Austin Carr then? Are you are we rolling with Brandon Marshall if Drake one's no, out? No, you you want to actually you want to leave some money on the table and uh, just get to uh, Sanu. All right, hey, I have no problem. With, oh, that's true. That's easy. Yeah. Un- unless you already have Sanu in, you know. <laughs> um, no, it's it's a legit. It's very strategic. The shit is very strategic. Yeah, no, I think it's um, yeah, it's definitely. I'm playing Traquan, and if he's not in, I'll figure it out then. But I'm just gonna assume he's in. All right, I'm asking my my Saints beat writer. Hopefully, we can get a a response on the show. Uh, but well, I just got, asked him. We got about five minutes left because I know All the right. deep range. He's usually go. quick. He's usually quick. All right, I appreciate we'll that. See. Um, see. on the Falcons side, Reeves, what do you think about these guys like Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, and even a guy like Tevin Coleman or Edo Smith or Austin Hooper? Yeah, they're, they're all fine, except for probably, like, Hooper and Edo Smith, I'm, I'm probably not going to really have anything on. I mean, Hooper, I mean, he does have the – but he does have some, some high – he had eight targets last week, too. But, I mean, you look at the Saints, man, they just have not given up anything to any tight ends. They played, a lot, a, like, a, a smattering of guys that are, like, pretty decent. Ertz I mean, last I, week, obviously, Ertz last week in that game, they played Kyle Rudolph. They played David Njoku. They played Jordan Reed. They played O.J. Howard. Uh, they haven't allowed any top 12 scoring tight end any week of the season yet. They're um, the only team that has it. They've only had one touchdown. It was to Mark Andrews. Not a lot to really love with uh, with Austin Hooper there. I mean, I know that you said the chat loves him, and he's the guy that's going to pop. I mean, I see just, just playing the game total and getting your way to him just because it's him, or, or him, Jordan Reed, and uh, Trey Burton is like the only dudes like people even know who they are. Uh, that you could pick from, uh, basically. But I'm not high on him. And Edo Smith, man, like, Edo Smith was just, like, a dude that forever was just hoodwinking people, just living off of, like, his one touchdown a game. This dude has 26 or fewer yards in four of his six, you know, past four past six games. Uh, if he doesn't get a touchdown, he's completely useless. And even when he gets a touchdown, he's just okay. He's like – like Evan would say, like he'd be like he's like if Theoretic would score, I guess. Like even worse. No, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like I just, you guys know how I feel about this. I just want exposure to the game environment. And if right, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, like he's so cheap that I'm willing to roll the dice there. Sure, I get it. I mean, I feel like if Edo Smith even scores a touchdown, though, like I don't know if you're really getting an edge on like the running back field, like in the on this on the slate. So, Evan, you kind of mentioned earlier that you like Mohamed Sanu a lot. I know Calvin Ridley is really interesting to you. What do you think about those secondary pieces for Atlanta? Because obviously we like Julio. Um, I mean, they're all right. All right. I thought you were all, up, all about some Mo Sanu. He's in your cash team, baby. No, oh, yeah, Sanu. Yes, yeah, and I'm playing Sanu. I told, I told you that from the get-go. I told you that in the first statement. I think that was my second sentence that I said on the damn show, Crane. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sticking by that. Crane – Sanu at 5,300, look, I'm okay if he gives me four for 50, you know. If he gives me four for 50 with a touchdown, you know, I'm waking up in a damn Bugatti. The the Evan Gatti. That's how I viewed it. That's how, that's how I view it. With with Reeves with Reeves by my side. You know, with uh, – Am I in the trunk? Where am I? Uh, you're in like <laughs> a, a minivan, like, you know, a couple cars back. <laughs> well, I get stuck in the minivan. This is crap. <laughs> that's what that's what happens when you have a kid, man. 
Oh man, you ain't lying. <laughs> All right. Um, so guys, I know a lot of the time we usually talk about other stuff, but we just spent an hour on the Thanksgiving slate, and I know the D train's gotta get home, so we're gonna go yeah, fine. But it's been a lot of fun, guys. Good luck to everybody tomorrow. I hope the Saints bring back Kobe Fleener because we do need some tight end value. So hopefully he makes a return. Kobe Fleener is out in um, uh, Google. He's working for Google. He's working for Google. What? No, I'm, that's that is, dude. I'm telling you, I I know like the Saints beat writers that cover the team. They are like this dude never should have been playing football. Like he should be working out. You know, for like a startup in, you know, uh, what is it? What's the valley out there? Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Silicon Valley. He He's probably like trying to get a, a job for Google or something. He's already paid though. He doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. I, I just, I just Googled Kobe Cleaner at Google and I couldn't find anything. I think it's just, right, <laughs> we really got to go though. I got to get this train home. Everybody good or good luck tomorrow. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for joining our show every single week. This is, one of the most fun shows I get to do all week. And of course it is an absolute pleasure working with you, Evan pleasure working with you Reeves. We're going to get out of here. I'm Eric. Thanks hey, Hey, uh, Hey, before we check out uh, the, the beat writer, the beat writer got back to me. The beat writer got back to me and, and look, he's like, you know, don't hold me to this, but he said, uh, Keith Kirkwood told him uh, off the record. He said, but we're on the record now, aren't we? <laughs> Keith Kirkwood told Keith Kirkwood told him that they have a bunch of stuff in the playbook for him this week. Look, I'm not playing Keith Kirkwood, but if you want to get nuts, play fucking Keith Kirkwood. Kill it. <laughs> All right, interesting. This is that was a drop on this show. That was that was amazing. Evan also lost the source live on air. That was really interesting too. So uh <laughs> All right, guys, it's been a lot of fun. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Chat, even happy Thanksgiving to you. It's been a lot of fun. For Evan, for Reeves, I'm Eric. We'll see you guys. Peace.